Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. We left off last time on um, John 8:26, and I'm um, not going to stay there for very long, but basically what Jesus has been doing this whole time in the temple and with the people and, and, and with all of the different disciples and the different Judaites and the people asking him questions is he's explaining to them fulfilled prophecy and who the father really is. He's constantly explaining who the father really is. John eight twenty six. Jesus said, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And the things which I heard from him, these things I speak to the world. And they didn't realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. Even in Jesus speaking about the Father and saying, you know, he is he. He he refers a lot to him as he. He who sent me. He who sent me is true. You know, I do nothing except for what he shows me to do. They, a lot of people, even though Jesus made it clear in our eyes, a lot of people didn't even know he was talking about God. And I just got arrested this morning by the Holy Spirit in a really strong, strong way that um, we have a need within all of us, but especially as women and especially as girls, but I believe as boys too, um, for a perfect heavenly father. And some people kind of try to make theirs that they have the earthly father into the perfect and, or they give the excuses for what he isn't or, but subconsciously, even if we know we shouldn't do this, we all at some point attribute the qualities of our earthly father or even our husbands um, to God. And when we do that, especially if it's negative parts of their personality, then it can hurt us and we can have that sort of awful static going on in our hearts and not realize, wait, stop. That is my dad saying that, and he's not perfect. I love him, but he's not perfect. Or that's my husband saying that, and I love him, but he's not perfect. And you don't have to have them living to still hear their voice. And so we need to really stop. And um, I passed around this little sheet at... I got it off of an internet site. I can't claim that I wrote it or anything, but we're just going to go through a few lines because one of the things that, that God showed me this morning was, um, you know, I was trying to to share with my father some things going on with my children. And then um, sometimes you don't get the exact encouragement. I mean, sometimes you feel like, wow, you know, you know, you're looking for that. You're you're Jesus little girl and your family is going to be fine. And, you know, we may not get the encouragement that you want. So I was crestfallen. I mean, just really 
that his words hit hard and solid on me because I respect him, you know, and that's what honoring is. It, it, it means to make heavy, which is interesting. So if you honor your mother and father, then of course, and honor your husband, then of course their words, good or bad, come down heavy on you. So you're trying to honor your husband and his negative words come down heavy on you versus blowing someone off. And it's amazing in our language how we even can understand the Greek through our slang. So I started just just kind of a little bit of this heaviness coming over me in um, a sense of despair, um, a sense of I couldn't do what I needed to do and I should do, but I didn't know what to do, but what should I do, but just a sense of despair and God just led me back to this morning. He, he said, you know, instead of continuing to teach Jesus teaching about me, let me speak through the scriptures to the ladies. And then I have no idea how he's going to speak through me, but I trust him. One of the first things it says here. Psalm 139 is so significant a scripture, but God is saying to you, and later I so encourage you to look up Psalm 139, but God is saying to you, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. You know, I was talking to a young lady yesterday who was crying and saying, I don't belong. I don't belong. Well, That's why it's so perfect for us to know, no, you may not fit in perfect with your family. Your family, every family is dysfunctional, but you may not fit in perfectly with the world. Hopefully you won't. And you, we all have those times of feeling, I don't belong, but we need to know that we do belong to someone, that he holds us in his arms and he's never going to let us go. And he doesn't give up. And he has all those qualities that we wish our earthly father could have, but they're not perfect. Matter of fact, they're just like us. (laughs) It'd be like if we were going to talk about a perfect mother and none of us would like step forward and say, well, that that's me. I'm, I'm a perfect mother. I say everything, you know, at the right time. My, my children appreciate every word that comes out of my mouth and it helps them immensely. I mean, just we're not. And so, The father image of God is so important for any person, male or female, that that is what I want us to look at. The father, your father image of God. I want to stop a second and not go too fast and have you ask yourself, do I in any way see God as my own father was? Perhaps your own father was distant. You know, do I see God as being distant? Perhaps your your own father was very authoritative, um, not not a lot of mercy. Do you see that? Do you see God as that? Because we need to see God as he shows himself and reveals himself in the Bible And that's exactly what Jesus was doing, was walking around, walking around saying, this is who God really is. You've really thought of God as rules and regulations and what the priests have told you and your own experiences. 
and blah, 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 blah. This is who he really is, and I'm his word fulfilled. And if you know the truth, who is me, the truth will set you free. And Jesus was just about to go on the cross anyway. I mean, that was truly the extent of the Father's love. But he wanted them to see, I am explaining the Father to you. And so if we ever want to get a knowing or feel that closeness with God, we need to first understand that he understands us. And I love to say this because it makes so much sense to me. But he understands me even though I don't understand myself. Isn't that great? Because sometimes we feel like, okay, if I could just journal and know what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to get my destiny in this life, and I'm going to try to figure it all out, and I'm going to da-da-da-da, and then every once in a while someone will tell me, tell me, you know, you need to go to seminary, and I'm like, I've got a 17-year-old and a, you know, 10-year-old, and I have no desire, you know, I, I mean, I know that wasn't very nice of me to say, but... I, would, I do have a desire to go to this deal at Princeton, but I mean, I don't, it's more of an apologetics course. But there's just this time. There's time for all things under heaven, like we were reading in Ecclesiastes. But as we go through our walk with God, we need to be so careful that we don't let our false identity of God through our Heavenly Father cause a rift with us and God, you know? I, I mean, um, this is not to say anything about my earthly father, but, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm making sure that you all know I'm asking these questions to you. You know, some people go around just feeling like their heavenly father is mad at them all the time. Or maybe that their heavenly father is... Um, disappointed because they could have done so much more and he and their fathers left that impression on them and um, maybe he's overstates um, the negative and so when you talk to God you know you need to realize that God's not going to be speaking back you know, condemning words and words without hope or words without a future of faith because that's not who God is, but that might be what you've experienced in your world. Now, I was talking to a girl recently, and she said, you know, I feel like if I became a, a certain lifestyle, which she is not, then my earthly father would not love me. And that's not a good feeling to feel like you aren't unconditionally loved. But a lot of us aren't. And it's not, we're not bashing fathers. I'm just saying, do you ever feel like with God, you're not unconditionally loved? Because you are unconditionally loved. There are no conditions on his love for you. There are no conditions on his love for you. He already loved you before the creation of the world, before he placed you in your mother's womb. He already knew you, like it says in Psalm 139. Knew you like, knew you like even when you don't know yourself. He knew what, he knows what I was, but what's more important is he knows what I'm going to be, you know? He knows what you are right now, but he knows who you will be. And you just need to know whose you are. 
And I want to add, too, that, you know, a lot of us, um, I don't know if it's just this generation. I don't think it is because Lacey's parents do the same thing. But I find myself calling my husband Daddy. And every once in a while, I feel like, you know, when I have have a little girl and I see the love that he's demonstratively showing her. And every once in a while, I'm like, wait, I'm going to crawl up in his lap and have him hug me like that. And he's like, you know, I got to go. I've got work to do. Da, da, da. And, I, and, and I need, I get this picture of like, wait, I'm trying to get my needs met that God can only fulfill from this human man. And so we need to start to be super, super, super aware of do I get my idea about God from the Bible, from what Jesus says about him, from the fact that he gave his only son, did not hold back, that's how much he loved me? Do I get it from that, or do I get it from experiences and from an earthly father or grandfather or husband or whatever, because none of them are perfect, just like we're not. And so this morning, I just had this huge kind of anchor lifted off my heart because I felt sort of entrapped in certain words. And then until I could say, wait, I honor and respect those words, but there's a higher word and that's God, then I felt really bad. God says in Psalm 139, I love this. I know when you sit down and when you rise up, I'm familiar with all your ways for you were made in my image. This is God telling you who he is instead of man demonstrating. I wish we could have man perfectly demonstrate God. But if you want to see that, you just need to look at the life of Jesus. Because that's what he came to do. A man that could demonstrate God is the life of Jesus. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I determine the exact time of your birth and where you would live. And that just blows me away. And reading the scripture with that Acts 17, 26, that just even where, where we would live, you know, God determined that. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, Matthew seven eleven, For I am the perfect father, Matthew five forty eight. For I am your greatest encourager. That's an important scripture for me. Second Thessalonians um, two sixteen through seventeen, that God is an encourager. That I need to realize that whether or not whether or not your earthly father was an encourager or not, God is. And some of us have personality types that need encouraging more than others. You know, some of us have that personality type that needs affirmation more than others. We still seek it from not not God, but through people, and God is our major encourager. He's never going to say, the war is lost, you have messed up, you know, it's over, you know, blah, blah, blah. If this is going on with, with your kids, then you can just pretty much give up, or you know what I mean? He's our greatest encourager. And, and he's also not distant, you know. So many people I've talked to have said, you know, I know my, I know my father loves me, but I also feel like my father doesn't know me, <laughs> you know. 
And I don't really know him because I would like to really know what he thinks in his childhood and, and, and all of these. I'd like to have heart to hearts, but he's distant. And Heavenly Father is not distant. He's not a distant father. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I've carried you close to my heart. I love that in Isaiah 40, verse 11. As a shepherd carries a lamb. And then I'm going to go up a few. I'm also the father who comforts you in all your troubles. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. You know, truly, I know all of us have had troubles and felt like no one is here. Because no one understands. And we forget that there's someone who understands greater than we do. And it's our heavenly father. So much of our energy is spent trying to, and it needs to be in some ways, convince another person of what we need to do or whatever it is, instead of saying, you know, God knows what needs to take place. In other words, I would think early in our marriage that it was my my sole responsibility to convince Lacey of whatever it is that Maddie, you know, needed or didn't need at the time. And in some ways, that's normal, but in other ways, it's like, you know what? I just need to know that God understands, that God understands. And that may or may not make sense to you, <laughs> but it makes sense to me. Trying to appease man, people-pleasing, that's what I'm talking about. Trying to make this okay with so-and-so and that person okay with so-and-so. I'm the peacemaker in our little family of four. And so I'm always trying to make this okay with so-and-so and this okay with so-and-so and that okay with so-and-so and this okay with so-and-so and that and that and that and that. And sometimes I need to just say, I lift you up to the Father who understands you. And, um, you know, truly, I don't need to hear this hour and a half story Um, because I can't right now. I have to leave. I have an appointment or whatever and realize that that we're lifting them up to the sweetest, sweetest person. So going back to when we feel totally alone and what is so funny about that is usually, I don't know if you've done this. I know I've done this. I scream out or something like if I really having a hard time and um, I'll, I'll be like, I'm all alone. I'm like talking to God, you know. There's no one that can help me. I'm like still talking to God. I I'm totally don't have the support that I need. I'm still talking to God. You know, I have everything that I need in Him. And He wants us to talk to Him. But He wants us to talk to Him in saying, Okay, the truth is, I'm not alone. <laughs> okay? The truth is, I have every thing I need in you, I may not know where it is or how to get it, but you're going to show me, you know, I, I love you and, and really being able to love the father and be able to also hand in hand to me with that comes forgiving the earthly parent. You know, I know someone who is very angry still at her earthly mother who was deceased and so um so often i I just this is just my own theory but i've seen it happen again and again and again so 
It's not a doctrine. It's not something Jesus said. It's just a theory. But I have a theory that what you don't forgive, you're destined to repeat. And it's just a theory. In order for us to truly embrace God, in order for us to truly see him as the perfect father, we need to forgive our own fathers and mothers and husbands for not being the perfect father or the perfect mother. We've got to forgive them because if we're not forgiving them, then we're still saying, but you should have, but you should have, but you should have, but you should have. And we're still holding them up to that level of perfection instead of saying, God, you're more than enough. And, and we need to release them to their imperfection, just like we want to be released to our imperfection. I would love it if, you know, I made some big mistake and, and maybe um, accused Storm of doing something he didn't even do and just that wouldn't be like me. But, you know, ranted and raved, which also wouldn't be like me, although I may need to start doing that more because maybe that will be more effective than what I'm doing. Um, which is praying. No, I, that, nothing is more effective than praying. But I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm too calm sometimes around the kids. Maybe I need to just get the volume up a little bit, you know? Like, so anyway, so I accuse him of something that he didn't even do. And finally I realized, oh, I realized I had accused him of something he didn't do. Wouldn't it be so cool if he was like, don't worry about it, Mom. You're off the hook. You're imperfect, just like we all are. Love you, Mom. You know, our kids kind of learn from us, too, about, well, I guess, I, I think I need to go to my room. And, you know, they learn from us, however we treat forgiveness. But what I'm saying that I hear from the Lord this morning that is so important is if, if you can't forgive your mother and father for that which they did wrong, then you can't fully see your perfect heavenly father because you're still trying to see them through their eyes. It's like there's a haze. There's something that needs to be lifted. And it's only when we can, A, forgive our mothers and fathers, and B, forgive ourselves. Forgive ourselves and then go, there is one perfect heavenly father i can learn about him in the bible there was one perfect man that walked this earth his name is jesus you know sometimes even if i get irked at lacy like he likes me to not interrupt his conversations which um i just can't tell if he's through or not is the honest truth that is really the honest truth because he'll say well i'm um going to the courthouse and um anyway and I'll say, yeah, and he'll go, okay, you go ahead and talk, really, go ahead and talk. I'm like, no, 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 I meant, yeah, like, yes, you, oh, you're, you're rushing me. And I just want to go, Lacey, I mean, you know, I used to just think, trying to think, I, I need to convince him to talk the way that I talk, when in reality, we just kind of have to live that way. It's like every marriage walks with a limp, you know what I mean? And if you don't, then one person's on the floor. I mean, you just kind of learn how to do it. But we, I need to forgive that and know there was only one perfect man, and it was Jesus, and I'm not married to him. 
I am not married to Jesus. And I'm really glad because I am not perfect either. And my imperfections would really, really, really look bad if I was married to someone that was that lovely and merciful and kind and forgiving and gave himself for us. You know, that is what's concerning me more than anything else in this generation is that people aren't thinking about God and people aren't thinking about other people. I believe that this is, of all the generations, people thinking about themselves. How can I improve myself? How can I improve this about me? How can I go to do this? How can I get through the day? What's on my list to do? Whereas even in earlier times, someone would make someone a pie. You know, um, it was more in the culture of things that people thought of other people. You didn't think about how long it would take to have a conversation with someone and that that was a big interruption in your day. That was part of your day. Um, And we've gotten into so much, um, I will say, technology that we have even a generation that thinks that that's reality, you know, that that's reality and that they actually control their own reality because guess what they do? I mean, if they're on the Internet or they're on these games or they're on their whatever, and I just got really convicted this morning, and both my kids are in school, so it's not like I can grab them and do anything, but when they get home, I want to say both to them in a way that they can hear and I'm asking God what that would be, is, you know, I want to ask you a question and you answer really honestly. Do you mostly think about God? Do you mostly think about other people? Or do you mostly think about yourself? Because we're also a depressed nation. And people who are depressed are people who think about themselves. Seriously, there's always someone worse off than you. There's always someone that could need your help. There's always someone that you can help. And I I love God. He's funny. And he's also shown me through the body of Christ that there are many, many times where I can help someone else, but only someone else. I can help someone else with their problems that they can't help. But only someone else in the body of Christ can help me with my problem that I can't help. So I can't help myself. That's kind of rotten because we all want to be, you know, self-providers, right? (laughs) But God doesn't have it that way. He has it to look to him and to look to the rest of the body. I wanted to read a few more things here. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. John 17, 26. That that is just huge. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. It's not in the prophets, my love for you is revealed. In all the stories of the Bible, my love for you is revealed. If you need to see the Father, you see Jesus. There are so many things that we can look at in the Old Testament and become confused. And there's times that God seems hidden and he is hidden. And we don't understand that they were under different um, uh, covenants 
And so we zoom through different covenants not and, and thinking, you know, thinking with our new covenant that that's not fair and don't realize they're under the Adamic covenant or the Mosaic covenant that God's slowly made these co- covenants with his people, but they get better and better and better. And we're only to look to Jesus. We don't need to be theologians. And what I love about this is this one scripture As the shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. The one I read earlier, Isaiah 40, 11, is, I don't think lambs are that with it or smart or intelligent, but if God's carrying a lamb close to his heart, if he's carrying me close to his heart, I can't fail because God never fails and love never fails. I just want to be close to his heart. I I would be winning if I gave up everything and just said, God, I just want to be close to your heart. And that's what he's referring to in Matthew 6.33. You know, seek first me, the seek first God and, and the kingdom of heaven and all these other things will be added. Yeah. If I give up everything, like if I say, here's my life, or here's my schedule, or here's what I need to be working on, working on, working on. I'm going to bet you, but I'm also working on something, just going to have it working on. and Or maybe it's a person you're working on, or maybe it's a project that you're working on for some other person, or maybe you're trying to get a person to work on a project. Or maybe, you know, if you just say, God, you know, I'm going to give up all that today just to be a lamb held in your heart. Hold me close to your heart. It's interesting that in Romans 8, 31 through 32, God said, I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. In Ephesians 3, 14 through 15, it says, I've always been father and will always be father. My question is, when will you be my child? I am waiting for you. So I, I think that in all of these scriptures, Ephesians three fourteen, John one twelve through thirteen, Luke fifteen eleven through thirty two, to look at God and to see God, the best thing to do is to really let go of our preconceived notions, and sometimes we can't know what they are until we're, we write them down. Or someone asks us, like, it never occurred to me, do I think of myself, do I think of God, or do I think of others during the day? Okay, well, it occurred to me because God asked me. <laughs> and I, I had to go, wow. And then he said, well, what percent? I was like, wow, okay, because I was able to say, well, God, I guess I think about you maybe like 50%, and I think about others maybe like, I don't know, I, I, let's say prayerfully 30 and then let's see that leaves um 20 percent 20 percent of the time i think about myself and he was like i don't want 50 percent you know we even have the world standards there and it's like well then how can i possibly think on you a hundred percent it's just by just throwing yourself in his arms as a lamb And saying, I don't have the theology, I don't have the plan, I don't have any way in this world of following you the way I want to follow you. And so 
I just thank you that you, you'll do it. You'll just lift me up in your arms. It's so different. I, I have this memory of running in the airport. Um, we had to fly to, I think it was South Dakota, and my sister Leslie was um, 15 months younger than I. And, um, and so I was walking, but not walking that much, and kind of toddling along. And we were late. And um, it was just that kind of feeling of panic, and everybody's carrying their suitcases. And I'd, I was so little, I don't remember, like, what was happening. I just knew all I could hear was, run, KK, run. And I, I couldn't keep up, you know, my little fat legs. I was trying so hard to kind of keep up with them. And, and Leslie was being held. And, and I remember thinking later, you know, if we do it God's way, we're the, we're the person being held. Or we can be like, run the life, run this race all by yourself, you know. And I still have memories, not nightmares or anything, but I have these memories of like, run, KK, run. And all the, just passing all these people in the airport, you know, probably going in between their legs and all sorts of stuff. Probably nobody could even see me. But I remember my mom had a bunch of suitcases and my dad, and they could only carry one kid, you know. You need to realize, and I need to realize, that the, the, the thing to be is carried. You know, we run uh, ourselves ragged. And let's, let's let God carry us. Let's think of it even as we're rushing through the day that God can carry us. And that he is so good in that way. Um, Delight in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart. That's always meant a lot to me in Psalm 37.4. I think that's so great. I think that's so great. And the way that I understand that is that God put the desires that are the true desires in my heart in there. And he wants to fulfill what he's already put in there because he knows more about me than I do. So he's the one that put the desires in your heart that you have. And you may not know your heart desires if you don't know your heavenly father. You may think, I desire this or I desire that, but I don't really know. I don't even know what I want. And I've had that come out of my mouth before. I don't even know what I want. You know, and I've had Lacey say, what do you want? Because that's what men tell women when they're frustrated at them, especially like our first year of marriage. You know, what are you, what, what do you want me to do? And I'd be like, I don't know, you know. And so we need to know that God knows our hearts. And the closer that we, we get to him through his word, through letting his son reveal himself, then the more we know the desires of our hearts, which is the fulfills a lot of our life. I mean, it gives us joy. And then it's not all about us, so it also gives other people joy, and we're all interconnected. And so with the body operating under the love of the Father, anything is possible. I mean, that's where you go, you don't have to go, you know, I've messed up or I don't think this situation is redeemable or blah, 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 blah. You can say, no, anything is possible because I'm just carried like a lamb in the arms of my father and he loves me. Go to livingjesus.us to hear the rest of Kathleen's message and hundreds more at no cost. 
thousands of people in 40 countries. Download Kathleen's scripture-filled, Jesus-inspired, real-life messages at an increasing rate. Jesus said, freely you received, freely give, Matthew 10.8. If you are able, financially join us in reaching the world for Jesus. Go to livingjesus.us and freely give so that those who could never pay will continue to freely receive. 